This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NFL Week 8 episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. Can you believe it's already Week 8 of the NFL season? Uh, by the time Sunday games happen, it'll be November. Time flies. I actually think time is going quicker. I don't know how. That doesn't make sense. Uh, I know just subjectively, apparently time goes quicker because the longer you live, uh, the less of a, or the more of a reference you have for time. So it makes it seem like time goes by quicker. But I swear to God, I blink and a month goes by. I blink twice and six months go by. It feels like it's still March. Uh, it feels like it's like the 200th day of March when the lockdown happened. But regardless, it is, I double checked, it is week eight of the NFL. Uh, so I have bets for all well, all I have bets for 13 of the 14 games for NFL Week 8 that I'm going to be breaking down on this podcast. There's one game I will not have a bet for, and that is the Eagles against the Cowboys. Um, I'm guessing there's no line out for that game yet just because of we don't know who's going to be quarterback for the Cowboys, whether it's going to be Andy Dalton or Ben DiNucci. Uh, whether that makes a difference or not, that's... Uh, that remains to be seen because both guys suck. I kind of actually wish, uh, I hope it's kind of actually Ben DiNucci. Not that I uh, am hoping that Andy Dalton is uh, concussed real bad. I just like saying Ben DiNucci. Uh, that's his name, right? Ben DiNucci. I'm not mispronouncing that or misremembering that. Yeah, Ben DiNucci. I mean, that's great to say. I just want to keep saying it all podcast. Ben DiNucci, Ben DiNucci. I might bet on the Cowboys if he starts just because of Ben DiNucci. Uh, I think he was like two for three uh, for the little bit that he played there this past weekend. The line for that game was seven and a half on Sunday. If it stays at that, I probably will bet the Eagles. Um, but I might just keep betting the Cowboys. They're 0-7 against the spread, and I'm pretty sure I've bet on them six of the seven weeks. Uh, so I'm just going to keep betting on them because I hate myself, I guess. <laughs> but no, no line for that game yet, so I'll tweet out my pick for that game. Um, but I do have picks for all 13 of the other uh, NFL games set for this week, starting with a Thursday nighter. But before we do that, let's do a little recap. Because we are seven weeks through the road to 256 bets of my personal challenge to bet on every single NFL game. And I'll be honest with you people, I am doing a lot better than I expected to. My Kind of my goal was just to be profitable, but I'm doing even more than just profitable so far. Uh, I had a great week seven, nine and five for plus 3.9 units. Uh, including a big Cardinals money line win on Sunday night. That was huge. Uh, so my season-to-date record on my road to 256 bets is 57, 47, and 1 for plus 7.71 units. So this means one of two things. Either uh, this is going to go south really quick in the second half of the season. It's not going to go well for me, which is probably more likely of the two scenarios. Um, or the other is that I'm just better at betting on the NFL than I thought. To be fair, I've used a couple different strategies this season uh, than I have the past seasons, uh, but I'm well on my way to the best NFL betting season I've had so far, and that's surprising considering I'm doing this road to 256 bets. Maybe just betting on every single game is the way to go. Because um, my best bets, because uh, in the Odd Share Capper Cup, if you followed that at all, my, uh, you give your five best bets every week. Uh, my best bets are doing fine, uh, 18, 15, and 2. Um, but I think my total uh, road to 256 bets is at a higher win percentage. Maybe they're the same. 
I don't know. I can't really do the mental math with the actual win percentages on those. But we'll see how the second uh, half of the season, uh, how I do in it as we approach that mark. Um, I guess basically after this week, it's, it's I guess, I guess technically the halfway point would be uh, like seven, eight games into week nine. But it's basically the halfway point here. Um, so let's uh, quickly recap last week's picks. And I'll quickly touch on them as we go along. Um, Giants-Eagles was a Thursday nighter last week. Uh, what a shit show of a Thursday nighter that was. I was on the under. Uh, it looked bad in the first quarter, and then the second and third quarter, it looked like it was locked, like it wasn't even going to be close. And then right at the end of the fourth quarter, it looked like it was going to lose. And then the Eagles missed a two-point conversion, uh, which I think would have pushed it or lost it. Actually, I think it would have pushed it. Um, and then Daniel Jones fumbled on the last play of the game there to secure the under. So that was an absolute roller coaster of emotions. Um which usually unders are. But that ended up cashing. It's always good to get the week started off with a Thursday night win. Bills minus 13.5 against the Jets. That was a loss on Sunday. Um, I said it last week, and I'm going to get into the Jets again this week because their spread's even bigger going against the Chiefs. I mean, betting on I'm not going to bet on the Jets. I'm just not going to. If it loses like this one did uh, on the Bills and whatever, good for the Jets. The Bills couldn't score a touchdown, even if I think they would have scored maybe one touchdown instead of like the eight field goals they had, then, uh, then the spread would have hit. So I'm not even mad that I lost that bet. Uh, Panthers plus 7.5 versus the Saints. That hit. Panthers even had a chance to win there at the end, but uh, they kind of Oh, no, they had a chance for the tie, and it was like a record-breaking field goal, and I wish that would have gone through. It would have been cool to see a record-breaking field goal and miss, like, by a foot. Uh, Joey Sly, I think, is the kicker's name. Browns minus 3.5 for the first the Bengals. This is my worst bad beat of the week. Uh, fucking Cody Parkey. Fucking Cody Parkey! Missed the extra point as uh, right there at the end of the game, which would have gave me the win and the cover. That was a, as they say, stinger! But I really can't complain too much because the Bengals scored a touchdown to go up there with like a minute 07 left. So really it was kind of a miracle that there was uh, that the Browns went down and scored a touchdown for the chance to cover the three and a half. I thought they were just going to kick a field goal and force overtime. So as much of a bad beat as it was for Cody Parker to miss that extra point, really for us to get to that spot, we had a little bit of luck. So at the end of the day, I won't complain too, too much about that loss. Cowboys minus 115 against Washington. That was a bad bet. I should have just bet on the Washington because of how good their defense was. Like, in hindsight, and this happens every single week when I bet on the Cowboys, I do it on Wednesday, and then the closer it gets to the actual kickoff of the game, I hate the pick. So maybe it's a good thing the line is note on Wednesday night because I'd probably, maybe I'd bet on the Cowboys tonight, but by the time it kicks off on Sunday, I like the Eagles. So maybe it's a good thing. Uh, that was a bad bet. The Cowboys just stink. Uh, Washington's defense, by the way, I'm not going to break down one of their picks or one of their games this week because they're on a bye week. But as of right now, heading into week eight, they have the best pass defense in the NFL. So maybe they're kind of a surprise candidate to win the NFC East. So yeah, a couple nice things about Washington. Lions, Falcons over 55. That did not hit. Uh, neither team could really score too much. So I think they had some red zone issues as well. Packers minus three and a half against the Texans. That hit. Everyone was on that. That was the most obvious bet in the NFL. I think that was just a bad line set by the books. Uh, that wasn't even close. Packers covered that by a mile. Uh, I'm glad I took the obvious bet with that one. Steelers plus 105 versus Titans. That was a big sweat. Um, in, in the in this road to 256 bets, I'm counting everything as a one-unit bet, but me personally, I had like three units on that. Like I said, not going to count that towards my record. That wouldn't be fair. I just want to keep everything simple at one unit. Uh, but for my bankroll, I had like three units on that. I love that bet. Um, 
looked like it was an absolute lock in the first half, and then I don't know what the Steelers happened to the Steelers' offense in the second half. Big Ben threw a couple of bad picks, uh, but regardless, got a little bit of luck there right at the very end with uh, Steven Gostowski missing that game-tying field goal, so I will take that. I was very, very happy for my bankroll. Jaguars, this is my last, my final loss of Week 6. Uh, was the Jaguar? I I think I've said on the podcast last week. I do really well in the late afternoon games and the primetime games. My early afternoon Sunday picks uh, don't do well for some reason. I think I was four and four heading into the late afternoon games, and then the only pick I lost from the start of the late afternoon games for the rest of the week was the Jaguars. And I thought the Jaguars uh, were easily going to cover because they were up by touchdown there. I think it was late in the third quarter. Um, and then right after I tweeted that I was going to go 4-0 in the late afternoon games, and I declared the tweet jinx-proof, to be fair, I thought that would work, um, but right after I tweeted that, Chargers scored on like an 80-yard bomb, and then they did a kickoff, and then the Jaguars fumbled the kick return, and then the Chargers scored again, so they scored like 14 points in the span of like five actual minutes, like five real-time minutes, uh, so that Jaguars bet uh, died on me in a hurry, I cursed it. Um, and that was my best bet in Capper Cup as well because I got a plus nine in Capper Cup, which I thought was a great number. Got them plus seven seven point five in the road to two hundred fifty six bets. Lost them both, uh, so I'm mad at the Jaguars right now. Uh, and then I won out after that game though. Chiefs minus ten versus Broncos. They uh, the line actually moved all the way down to minus seven by the time kickoff happened because of the weather. So I had a bad line on it, but it didn't matter. Chiefs covered easily. 49ers plus two versus Patriots, that one. Uh, they wiped the floor with the Patriots. Bucks minus three and a half versus the Raiders, that one. Cardinals money line plus 160. Uh, a few of you probably watched uh, my live stream of the overtime. That was an emo- emotional roller coaster as well. Uh, looked like late in the game, there was no way the Cardinals were going to win. Uh, they ended up tying it up late. Then they had a uh, field goal early in overtime for the win. Um, missed it and I thought that was dead and then the Seahawks scored a touchdown that was called back for a penalty so the Cardinals ended up getting the ball back and then they kicked a game-winning field goal so that was a a lot of uh, emotional roller coaster games this week between the under on Thursday night was an emotional roller coaster uh the uh the Steelers was an emotional roller coaster the Jaguars was an emotional roller coaster and then the Sunday nighter was an emotional roller coaster and then Monday night I mean you all know I said it all week the Rams are going to beat the Bears by a million I called the Bears a fraud everyone was in my mentions coming after me saying I was wrong and that I was going to look like an idiot when the Bears beat the Rams or at least cover on Monday night and then the Rams won by a million the Bears uh, the offense stinks uh, their only touchdown was a late garbage ta- uh, garbage time touchdown on defense. It wasn't even an offensive touchdown. So uh, that one as well. So yeah, I finished nine and five for plus three point nine units. I'm sitting at fifty seven forty seven and one plus seven point seven one units on the season. I'm doing well. Let's let's keep it going. The only bad week I've had was week one. Week one I started six and I was six and ten in week one. And to be fair. Uh, if I can get a pass, week one in the NFL is always the hardest week to bet because, I mean, it's everyone's first game. So other than that, I've had losing weeks, but they've always only been like 0.7 units. I think I might have had one week that I was like slightly over one unit loss. My only terrible week was week one. Every other week has either been a slight loss or a winning week. So uh, let's see if we can get to double digits this week, uh, plus double digits in the units. Or at least let's just have another profitable week. Uh, let's see anything else I need to go over here. Oh, this week, uh, by the way, I think, uh, and you'll notice this by my picks. I think it's going to be a big week of favorites, big, uh, big week for favorites. Underdogs have done very well this week or sorry, this season so far underdogs and away teams. I think we're going to see a little bit of a re- regression to the mean starting this week. I think it's going to be a lot of favorites and that's going to reflect in my picks coming up. Uh, so other than that, um, 
subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Please do uh, share it, rate it if you have ten seconds. Give it a little rate, give it a little uh, review if you have thirty seconds. That would be much appreciated. I'm working on getting my first sponsor for the show. I'm excited for that. I'm hoping uh, we'll get it all locked in place for next week. Uh, Fingers crossed. But in the meantime, if you want to donate, if I've helped you win some money throughout the NFL season, um, feel free to donate. If you've made money on fading my UFC picks, which, by the way, my Tuesday episode last week, my UFC picks, I told you to fade me. Fade me in UFC, I'm bad. And if you faded me in UFC, you would have went like 3-1 or something. Um, So if you faded my UFC picks, donate to the show. (laughs) <laughs> link is in uh, the description of every episode or you can go to the podcast website uh, if you ever want to email me uh, for uh, I'll answer some viewer questions on, on any upcoming Tuesday episode I'm also working on uh, hopefully an interview or two in the upcoming uh, episodes I'm going to do earlier on in the week uh, email me some viewer questions some listener questions baconbetspodcast at gmail.com uh, but that's it that's all the housekeeping out of the way let's get into the NFL week 8 episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast <laughs> More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 Utility man. All right, let's start with the Thursday night football game. I have to watch my uh, former Falcons, the team uh, that I used to cheer for, play on Thursday night. I said the past couple weeks I was just going to take overs in Falcons game. It didn't hit last week. Um, and to be honest, after last week's blown game against the Lions, I watched a good portion of that game. I'm now against the Falcons. Uh, so I will not be continuing the strategy of taking overs in Falcons game. I'm going to take Panthers minus three and out Bovada when I just locked it in before recording this podcast is at plus 105. So Panthers minus three plus 105. The Falcons stink. They stink and I hate them. Panthers already beat them this season. Uh, that was actually the last game Dan Quinn coached. Dan Quinn got fired after that game. Uh, but their defense is a pretty good matchup against the Falcons, uh, especially the Falcons' pass game. Panthers' defense, 10th in opponent passing yards per game, 3rd in opponent yards per pass attempt, 2nd in opponent yards per completion, and 12th in average opponent passer rating. So they have a pretty good pass defense. Uh, we kind of saw that flash of that last week against the Saints. Uh, meanwhile, the Falcons' pass defense is terrible. Second last in opponent passing yards per game at 333.4. Third last in opponent completion percentage. And second last in opponent average passer rating. Uh, so you know how much I like Teddy Bridgewater, how much he's underrated. He's what now? 32-10 and 10 against the spread as a starter, uh, starting quarterback in the, in the NFL. Um, he should be able to tear up this, t- uh, tear up this team. He's uh, Teddy Bridgewater's second in completion percentage, fourth in pass yards per attempt. Um, yeah, so I think this is a great stylistic matchup for a team that's already beat the Falcons and the Panthers are on the road when they beat the Falcons a few weeks ago. Now they're at home. Uh, the Falcons continue to have these small lines because teams, uh, people look at how talented their offense is, think they're going to be good. I'm done. They're not good. They stink. Their coaches stink. Uh, I don't want to talk bad about Matt Ryan because he's, but he was my boy for so long. So, I, I mean, I'm going to avoid doing that. I don't want to shit talk him, but the Falcons, I'm, I'm not, I'm not betting on the Falcons. We'll, well I'm going to wait until they start being big underdogs plus three against a very good Panthers team. Not doing it, not touching it. Panthers minus three plus one Oh five is going to be my pick for Thursday night football. Let's move on to Sunday's games. Going to start with the Rams-Dolphins game. Rams, I am going to back the Rams once again. Uh, They hit for me on Monday night. Why not back them again? I got them at minus 4 and minus 105 against the Dolphins. Uh, So uh, if you haven't heard, this is the first start for the rookie quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. 
It's his first start, and it's a very tough defense for him to be getting his first start in, so I have to fade Tua here, unfortunately. Rams, fifth in sacks per game, so they pressure the QB. That's not good for a guy making his first start. Fifth in opponent passing yards per game. First, very first in the NFL, in opponent yards per pass attempt. So despite coming off the bye and the Rams coming off a short week because they just played Monday night, I'm going to back L.A. in this spot. And I think that's probably why the line's only four because Dolphins coming off a bye, a lot of rest, Rams short week, just played Monday night. Uh, But regardless, going to back them. Miami also doesn't have a great run defense. They're 16th in opponent rushing yards per game, but they're 30th in opponent yards per carry. Teams are averaging five yards on the ground per rush against them, and that's not good news going up against the Rams, who are fourth in rush play percentage. They love to run the ball, and they're seventh in rushing yards per game. Uh, I hope the Rams kind of feed Darrell. Darrell is it Darrell or Daryl Henderson? Um, I hope they start to feed Henderson, whether it's Darrell or Daryl, uh, more because I, I think he seems to be the better of the three running backs. Cam Akers, the rookie, I think is the worst of the three. I would like to see more Malcolm Brown and more Daryl Henderson. I think it's Daryl. Um, also, Rams are tied for the uh, with the Colts for first in the NFL in net yards per play at plus one. Um, I forget. I think I have already cited that stat before in previous weeks on the podcast. But now, as we get more weeks in the season, I'm going to start looking at it more. If you don't know what net yards per play, it's um, the percentage. Uh, sorry, it's the average yards gained per play on offense. Subtract the average amount of yards given up per play on defense, and that's your net yards per play. So you're going to hear me cite that a few times. Um, throughout this podcast and this episode. Uh, But the Rams are first in the the NFL in that category, plus one for net yards per play. So I'm taking the Rams minus four. And I mentioned they're tied for first in that category. Which team is tied with them for first in net yards per play? Well, it's the Colts, which is a perfect segue into my next pick. I'm taking Colts minus three at even money versus the Lions. So already three picks down and all three are favorites. Like I said, this is going to be a big week for favorites, I think, and that's going to reflect in my picks. So Colts tied with the Rams for first in net yards per play, taking the minus three against the Lions. Um, Lions, 19th in that stat, by the way, in net yards per play, exactly zero. I think they're the only team that they're giving up exactly the same amount of yards on offenses uh, per play than they're uh, giving up on defense per play. Uh, I'm still kind of up in the air about Phillip Rivers, by the way, throws some bad picks. I mean, even though his stats are decent, just the way he throws the ball nowadays, uh, his throwing motion makes me nervous every time he throws it. Um, But I can't deny the Colts defense. Colts defense second in opponent yards per game, second in opponent passing yards per game, which is a good matchup against the Lions, who get 69.63% of their yards through the air. But if the Lions do turn to the run, well, the Colts defense are allowing the fourth fewest yards per rush. Uh, So not good news for them. Colts do kind of have an average offense, great defense. Lions have an average offense and a bad defense. So I think the Colts are the obvious pick here. Uh, The Lions can beat teams that have bad defenses like the Falcons last week, uh, but they're going to struggle against teams with good defensive units. So I got to pack the uh, back, the Colts here, especially coming off their bye week. Uh, They had a bye week last week, right? Yes. Um, Yeah. So I'm going to take Colts, Colts uh, minus three at even money against the Lions. Next, we got the Browns. Against the Raiders. Taking the Browns, though. Browns minus 2.5, minus 110. I think I've been doing pretty well. Oh, yeah, I missed the Cody by the Cody Parkey extra point. But I feel like I've had a good feel in, in Browns for most of their games this year. I feel like I've won almost all my bets, maybe all of them, maybe except for last week. 
Um, actually, I think I was on them week one against the Ravens, too, when they got wiped uh, wiped out. But I, th- I feel like I got a pretty good feel for the Browns. Uh, this game against the Raiders, I think it's all about the run. In my opinion, the Raiders do well against teams that they can, that they can run the ball against, and they struggle against teams when they can't establish the run. Two of the three wins this uh, season for the Raiders have come against the Panthers and the Chiefs, who are 28th and 29th in opponent yards per carry. Uh, to be fair, they did beat the Saints, who are very good in stopping the run third in that category. But I generally think they need to establish the run to find success. The Browns, good at stopping the run, 6th in opponent yards per carry, 5th in opponent yard, uh, rushing yards per game. Now, the same can actually be said for the Browns. They need to really run the ball in order to establish their play action with Baker Mayfield. I've said this in the past. I feel like I've said this almost every week. Look how look uh, look at how bad their offense looked against Pittsburgh two weeks ago, and Pittsburgh is one of the best run-stopping uh, teams in the league. But for this week, the Raiders, 24th in opponent yards per carry at 4.6. Vegas defense is also 26th in opponent third-down conversion percentage as well. So I just think um, both teams need to run the ball, need to establish a run, but one team is a lot better at stopping that compared to the other team. Uh, so Browns and Raiders are going to take Browns minus two and a half, minus 110. Is it two and a half or three and a half? Because now uh, I'm noticing one part in my notes, I put two and a half and one I put three and a half. So <laughs> let me just double check that there. I don't want to give out a bad line. Yeah, it's two and a half. I don't know why I wrote three and a half in one spot there. So Browns minus two and a half, minus 110. Next, we have the Vikings against the Packers. And this one, I'm going to take the Vikings plus seven, minus 115 against the Packers. Now listen, Dalvin Cook, he looks like he's on track to return for the Vikings. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to say something and I'm going to focus really hard. And when I say this, I'm going to try to telepathically transmit this to Mike Zimmer. So let's try this out. Mike Zimmer, please run the mother fucking football. Please. All right, telepathically, let's hope that <laughs> let's hope that reached Mike Zimmer in Minnesota or Green Bay, wherever he is right now on Wednesday night. Vikings, fifth in the NFL in yards per rush attempt. They're averaging five yards per carry. Dalvin, Dalvin Cook averaging 5.3 yards per carry, one of the best marks in the NFL right now. Meanwhile, Packers, 20th in opponent yards per carry, allowing teams 4.6 yards per rush. Another bonus of running the ball is they're going to drain the clock, which is going to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. Uh, And if they don't do that, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw the ball all over them. Kirk Cousins, they're not going to be able to win the game on Kirk Cousins' arm. So please, Mike Zimmer, run the football. Keep this within seven points. I don't care if you win. I don't care about your team's record. I need you to cover the seven-point spread. So Vikings plus seven, minus 115 versus Packers. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Please, run the ball. Run the ball, Mike Zimmer. Run it. Dalvin Cook, every down. Run it. Run it. Run it. Run it. Vikings plus seven. Then we're going to move on to an AFC East matchup. Bills, Patriots. Very tough game to bet on because you don't really know how good either team is really because the Bills beat the Rams and Dolphins earlier in the season, but they got destroyed by the Titans and Chiefs and they couldn't score a touchdown against the Jets. Meanwhile, the Patriots beat up on the Raiders, gave the Seahawks a run for their money, could have won it on the last play of the game, but then they lost to the Broncos and got completely man-handled by the 49ers. So what version of either team is the correct version? Um, I'm taking Bills. I'm going to take the Bills minus 3.5, minus 115. Once again, like I said, a lot of favorites this week. Uh, Vikings uh, in my last pick was one of the few exceptions. I just think which team is actually bad 
or at least worse, it has to be the Patriots, man. Their offense is abysmal. I thought Cam Newton was going to do really well this season. He looked really good at the start of the year, and I think it's ever since he's had COVID, he's stunk. Um, let's look at net yards per play. I said I'm going to start citing that more and more. Bills net yards per play is at plus 0.2. Patriots are at minus 0.5. So Bills have a net yards per play advantage. I mean, the Patriots offense looks like if there was a like if there was an offense um, that resembled a cancer patient, it would be the Patriots offense. <laughs> I don't know. Is that bad to say? Um, they look terrible. Cam Newton can't throw to the right side of the field for some reason. I don't think he threw any passes or maybe what he didn't have any completions to the right side of the field all last game uh, against the 49ers. Um, Buffalo is still at least moving the ball. Their offense hasn't looked as good as they did at the start of the season, but they're at least they're moving the ball. They just have red zone issues. Uh, Bill's fourth in the league in punts per offensive score, so they aren't punting a whole lot. They just can't get it in the end zone. Um, I can't back the Patriots until their offense at least looks half decent again. They have no weapons at wide oak. Cam looks bad. They don't have a second option that's any good at quarterback. Um, they can't really run the ball that good either. I mean, I don't think you can bet on the Patriots here. Um, I think the line is as small as it is because people still have stuck in their mind the Patriots of old. Uh, Bill Belichick, he's going to come, he's going to force the team to be good. They're going to end up being good by the end of the year. I think it's time for us to accept the Patriots are in a downswing, at least for this season. Their offense or their defense is starting to look bad as well. The, the, the amount of guys who opted out of the start of the season is starting to become apparent. Um, defense hasn't looked as good as they did the first couple of weeks, so... Um, also, like I said about the Patriots offense, they haven't scored more than 12 points in three straight games. And in today's day and age of the NFL, not being able to score more than 12 points is disgusting. So three straight games, they haven't scored more than 12 points. Last time they did was actually against the Raiders. And I think, was that before or after Cam got COVID? I think it was before, wasn't it? And then he got COVID right after that? Or was that his first game back from COVID? Uh, regardless, that was the last time the Patriots looked any good. Bills minus three and a half, minus one fifteen. Chiefs, Jets. So this line opened at twenty one and a half. If it was over twenty one and a half, if it stayed up there, uh, where it was past the three touchdown mark, um, I think I would have taken the Jets. But I'm not doing it because now it's down to nineteen and a half, and that's where I locked my bet in. Chiefs minus nineteen and a half, minus one ten. Um, so I mean, everyone's on the Jets. That's why the line has moved. I don't think anyone can imagine a team covering a twenty-point spread in the NFL. And I'm—I mean, I'm going to be—I'm um, going to contradict myself here because history would say that those people are right. Uh, this stat was tweeted out by Joe Osborne earlier in the week. Um, going back to 1987, his tweet says there's been 13 instances of an NFL team being favored by 20 or more points. The favorite in these games cover the spread just three of those 13 times. Uh, so I can't really do the math on that because uh, I'm uh, a complete moron. Um, but that's not a good cover rate. 3 out of 13 is not good. So most of the time when the spread's around this 28-point mark, uh, the underdog covers. But I'm going against that trend this week. Um, by the way, side note, that's kind of why this is kind of why I don't like betting on college football because there's so many massive spreads. Trying to figure out whether or not a team's going to cover a 20-point spread is is ridiculous. And in college football, their spreads even higher than that. 30-point spreads, 40-point spreads. Clemson was like a 44-point favorite against Syracuse last week. Um, football is it's tough to handicap when uh, teams are this mismatched. Um, but I'm going against history. I am going to take the Chiefs because the Jets are like historically bad. Net yards per play, I'm bringing it up again in this game. Jets are dead last by a mile. It's not even close. Their net yards per play is minus 1.7. 
I repeat, minus 1.7. The next closest is the Bengals at minus 1.1. So, there you have it. And they're going up against the Chiefs, who are probably the most complete team in the league. I don't know if the Jets are going to be able to score any points. If it's if Chiefs score three touchdowns, that might be enough to cover the spread. So I'll take Chiefs minus 19.5, minus 110. I don't love it. It's not going to be one of my best bets, but um, I'm not betting on the Jets. Can't do it, won't do it, not doing it. Uh, next game. This is, this is an interesting one. AFC North battle, Ravens versus Steelers. So... This line opened up at Ravens minus 5.5 on Sunday night, and by the time I woke up on Monday morning, it was down to 3.5. So it was bet all the way down to minus 3.5, and then even at plus 3.5, the Steelers are still getting 70% of bets, according to the Odd Shark Consensus page. So I've been on the Steelers recently. Like I mentioned earlier, I had a big bet on them to beat the Titans this past week. But, but, but. This is the gut play, gut feeling play of the week. I'm taking Ravens minus three and a half, minus 110. I'm throwing stats out the window here because it makes complete and total sense to pound the Steelers at that number at plus three and a half. It makes no sense. Why are the Ravens favored over the Steelers who are the only undefeated team left in, left in, the, uh, in the NFL? Steelers arguably have the best defense in the league. Their offense looks to have very few holes in it. They have some electric weapons out at wide out. James Conner's having a very good year, but... If that's the case, why did Sportsbook set this line at minus 5.5 in, in the Ravens' favor? And they aren't moving it any further past minus 3.5 despite the Steelers still getting 70% of the money. It doesn't make any sense. And I, this is something I've preached uh, before uh, when I was starting um, the road to 256 bets. Is NFL, is you, you can't think only about stats. You kind of have to outthink Sportsbook's. You kind of have to do a, a little bit of gut feeling plays because there's just not enough games to base it 100% on stats. Because even if a team hasn't had their bye week yet, there's still only seven games. Which in the in baseball, I wouldn't even bet on the uh, on baseball until teams have over 10 games of a sample size. So um, only six game sample size. And there's generally two rules outside of stats that I always keep in mind when handicapping NFL. One is that sports books are smarter than you. They're smarter than you, and they're smarter than me. So there's a reason that they set the line at minus five and a half. Don't think you're smarter than a sports book. Uh, there's a reason these casinos in Vegas are castles made of gold. Um, sports books are smarter than you. They're smarter than me. There's a reason why I was at minus five and a half. Uh, the second thing I keep in mind when betting on uh, the NFL is that you have to treat it. And I've said this before. You have to treat the NFL like the stock market. Almost you have to sell high on teams when they're performing well, sell low on teams when they're underperforming. So this game checks both of those boxes for me. There's a reason Sportsbook set the, set the Ravens at minus 5.5 at the start, and this is the perfect time to sell high on the undefeated Steelers. So because of those reasons, and I'm not citing any stats, like I said, this is a gut-feeling play of the week because all the stats point to Steelers, I'll be honest. And also, to be fair... There have just been some bad lines set this week. Like last week, Packers minus 3.5 against the Texans. Uh, these rules probably would have applied for that game as well. I still took the Packers. So did everyone else. Uh, so I think that was just a bad line set by sportsbooks. Maybe this is the case as well. Maybe the Steelers just straight up beat the Ravens and I'll look like an idiot come Sunday afternoon. That's possible. That's possible. But it's just it, too fishy. Too fishy. Minus Opening up at minus 5.5? Yeah. I'll take Ravens minus three and a half, minus 110 for my gut feeling play of the week. 
Next, we're looking at the Titans-Bengals. Titans, one of the more public teams in the NFL this week, but I'm not going to take either team. I'm going to take the over. This is actually my only over bet of the week is this one here. So I'm taking over 54 between the Titans and Bengals at minus 105. Two bad defenses that don't match up well against the other team's offense. So let's start with the Titans offense. We know it revolves around the run. Sixth in rushing yard, rushing play percentage. Fifth in rushing yards per game. Eleventh in yards per carry. Derrick Henry's a beast. We all know this. Meanwhile, Bengals are 28th in opponent rushing yards per game, 27th in opponent yards per carry, allowing 4.9 yards per rush. So the Titans should be able to run all over them, and Derrick Henry should have a big day. I'm going to be taking Derrick Henry in my da uh, daily fantasy lineup. Uh, but let's look at the flip side of this. 72.63% of the Bengals' yards on offense come through the air. That's the seventh highest mark in the league. Joe Burrow threw for, 400, for over 400 yards and four touchdowns last week against the Browns. Titans, 26th in opponent passing yards per game, 29th in opponent passing first downs, and 29th in opponent completions per game. Also, Joe Burrow runs into trouble when he gets pressured. Well, you don't have to worry about that in this game because the Titans are 30th in sacks per game and 31st in QB pressure percentage, so Burrow will have time to throw. Cincinnati is also 26th in red zone defense, terrible red zone defense, but you know who's worse? The Titans at 31st in the NFL. Also, Titans offense, second red zone touchdown percentage. So Titans defense, bad in the red zone. Titans offense, second best in the league in the red zone. Uh, now, to be fair, and a little bit of an outlier for my point here, Bengals are 28th in uh, red zone offense. So uh, out of the four red zone stats, that one kind of sticks out. But three for four looks towards uh, look, looks looks like the over bet makes sense. I think a lot of signs in this game point to the game going over. And the fact that the Titans are this public, I think another game where 70% of the bets are on the Titans always makes me a little bit nervous. Maybe it shouldn't, but it kind of does. Uh, so I'm just going to take the over 54 at minus 105. Next game. Underdog money line alert. Underdog money line alert. Maybe maybe I'll whisper my underdog money line alerts from now on instead. <laughs> Broncos. I'm taking the Broncos plus 155 against the Chargers. Maybe part of this is just I'm mad at the Chargers for blowing my Jaguars bet last week. Uh for like scoring 21 points in the span of five minutes. Um, but Justin Herbert, to be fair, has been slinging the ball all, all over his opponents recently. He's the betting favorite to win NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, and for good reason. By the way, uh, speaking of Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, I did a video for Odd Shark about Offensive Rookie of the Year odds, and I gave up my pick, so check that out on the Odd Shark YouTube channel. Or don't. Whatever. <laughs> but Justin Herbert has been throwing the ball all over um, uh, teams so far this year. But the Broncos do, if they do anything well, it's they defend the pass pretty well. 13th in opponent passing yards per game. 7th in opponent yards per pass attempt. 7th in sacks per game. And they're also 5th and 3rd down defense. So I think Justin Herbert might be due, even though I hate saying something's due, I think Justin Herbert might be due for looking like a rookie. Uh, one of these games, and I think this might be the game to do it on the road against a divisional opponent in the Broncos. Uh, but Chargers, and I think I said this last week, uh, they're pretty much average at everything on defense, so I don't really have a lot to say about the Chargers because nothing really sticks out. You look at almost every stat for the Chargers, they're like 13th in this one, 16th in this one, 14th in this one. Um, so I don't have a lot of fancy stats for that one, but I think it is an opportunity to sell high on the Chargers after their big win last week and after how good Justin Herbert's been looking. A little bit of a buy low week on the Broncos after they got destroyed by the Chiefs last week. So I'll take the Broncos as my underdog money line pick of the week. Feeling pretty good about them after I hit the Cardinals one last week as well. Um, let's move on to the Saints against the Bears. 
Um, I'm going to take the Saints minus four and a half at minus 110 against the Bears. Listen, I shit on the Bears all last week, and then I, I mean, rightfully so, danced all over the Bears' betters' graves on Monday night when the Rams blew them out, like I called. So I won't. I won't do that again. Don't worry, Bears fans. I'm not going to continue to agitate you. Um, but I mean, they are who I thought they were. But I'm, I'm not going to agitate. I'm not going to spend my time breaking down this pick and talking about how bad the Bears' offense is. I won't do it. Saints minus four and a half. I will not and cannot put any type of money on the Bears' offense. But I'm not going to harp on it. The under 43.5 could be in play because the Bears' offense stinks, but it seems too obvious. Drew Brees uh, also has the highest completion percentage in the NFL right now. Can't throw it down the field, but he can complete a good pass. Uh, Seventh in points per player, the Saints. Seventh in points per game. And their defense is seventh in opponent yards per play. So that's triple sevens there. That's good luck. Um, But like I said, uh, I'm not going to say anything else about this pick because I don't want to continue to say how the Bears are frauds and they stink. I won't. I'm not going to do that to Bears fans. I apologize for making you guys angry. I will be the bigger man. I'll leave the Bears alone. I'm not going to say how bad they are and about how bad Nick Foles stinks and how they should probably go back to Trubisky. I'm not saying that. I'm being the bigger man. I'm taking the high road. Just give me Saints minus 4.5, minus 110, and let's move on. 49ers, Seahawks. The old shit cocks. Seahawks obviously have one of the best offenses in the league, led by Russell Wilson, near near the top in almost every single offensive stat, especially passing stats. But the 49ers actually have one of the best pass defenses in the NFL. I feel like every Seahawks game I'm breaking down is the same. Their offense is amazing. We all love them. Uh, Russell Wilson's one of the funnest QBs to watch in the NFL. He's amazing. He's going to win MVP this year, but their defense is the worst defense in the league. I mean, every, every game is the same. So you got to bet on, you got to bet against the Seahawks when they're facing decent defenses that can slow down Russell Wilson. That's why I was on the Cardinals last week. That's why I'm the 49ers this week. 49ers, third in opponent passing yards per game, sixth in opponent completion percentage, eighth in opponent yards per pass attempt, fourth in opponent average passer rating. So one of the best passing defenses in the league. They're also third in red zone defense and they're and holding the Seahawks offense to field goals is huge because you will score points against the Seahawks defense. So holding their, did I say holding the Seahawks defense to field goals is huge? I might have. I meant to say, if I didn't, I meant to say holding the Seahawks offense to field goals is huge because you're going to score touchdowns against their defense. Uh, Seattle's defense stinks. They allow 479.2 opponent yards per game. That's close to 500 yards per game. That is insane. The next worst defense is the Falcons at 425, which means they're allowing, on average, more than 50 yards per game than the next worst defense. They're not even in the same ballpark as other defenses. They blow. They're also 26th in opponent third down conversion percentage, so they're having trouble getting off the field. I can't bet on a defense with as many holes as the Seahawks have until they start turning things around. 49ers, while not the best at anything, they aren't bad at anything either. I'll take 49ers plus three on the road, minus 120. Then we got, uh, is that it? Oh, or yeah, Bucks Giants, and then uh, and, that, and then that's it. And then we're, uh, yeah, because Cowboys-Eagles Sunday night game, I said at the start of the show, uh, line is not out. Let me refresh, actually. Uh, Bo Vada here, just to make sure it didn't get added while I was recording. Uh, nope, still no line. So I will tweet out my pick for Cowboys-Eagles before kickoff of that game, obviously, and that tweet will be my official pick. Maybe I'll do a quick video for it. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's get into the final game. Bucks giants uh, under 46. 
So I have one over bet this week and one under bet. So I was going to take Giants plus the points. I think they're plus 11. But after seeing the total at 46, I think you have to take the under. Uh, first of all, Giants offense stinks. Stinks, stinks, stinks. 31st in points scored and both points scored per game and yards per game. Jets are the only team that's worse. I don't know how they're going to score points against the Bucks defense that ranks third in opponent yards per game, first in opponent rushing yards per game, fifth in opponent punts per offensive score, and tenth in opponent third down conversion percentage. Bucks defense... Uh, I had someone chirp me actually over the weekend about, uh, how I call, um, I said before the season, the bucks weren't going to be good. Um, to be fair, I did say that I was wrong. Bucks are good, but it's their defense. Who, who could have saw their defense going from like the worst in the league last year to like the best defense in the league this year. I don't really know what they did different because I don't think they really added any new pieces. Did they? I don't know, but it's impressive. I'm impressed by the bucks defense. Very, very good this year. Uh, but also, to be fair, meanwhile, the Giants' defense isn't half bad either, which is why I like the under. 12th in opponent points per play, 5th in opponent rushing yards per carry, 9th in red zone defense. So they're very, they're a very competent unit, despite not getting any help from their offense whatsoever. Also, the Bucks will be without Chris Godwin this week, uh, which will hurt them. That'll hurt their offense. I still don't fully trust Tom Brady, to be fair. Uh, so I love the under 46 on Monday night football. So there you go. Uh, was that, I guess that was all 13 picks. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, 10, 11, 12, 13. And then the 14th will be Cowboys Eagles when I tweet that out once there's a line released. Um, so I'll just finish off the show. Um, I'll, yeah, I guess I'll just read through them. I'll recap everything here. Um, Panthers minus three plus one Oh five versus the dirty birds Rams minus four minus one Oh five versus the dolphins. By the way, once again, I'll repeat myself. These are all lines as per Wednesday night when I locked them in right before recording as per Bovada, uh, Colts minus three, even money against the Lions. Browns minus two and a half minus minus one ten against the Raiders Vikings plus seven minus one fifteen against the Packers bills minus three and a half minus one fifteen against the Patriots chiefs minus 19 and a half minus one ten against the Jets. Ravens minus three and a half minus one ten against the Steelers. Titans Bengals over fifty four minus one oh five. Broncos plus one fifty five against the Chargers. Saints minus four and a half minus one ten against the Bears. Forty Niners plus three minus one twenty against the Shitcocks. Uh, that's offensive. I'm sorry. The Seahawks. <laughs> Uh, Bucks, Giants under 46, and that's it. And I'll break out, I'll give you my uh, five best bets, which will be my five Capper Cup picks. Um, Rams minus four against the Dolphins, I think are going to be my best bet. Vikings plus seven, Ravens minus three and a half, Saints minus four and a half, and then Titans, Bengals over 54. Those are my five best bets uh, if you just want to tail those. So, uh, whatever you do this week, whether you tail my picks, fade my picks, uh, whatever you do, best of luck. Um, uh, subscribe to the show, rate it, review it, do whatever you need to do. I love you all. Good luck this weekend. I will see you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.